0: This vision we call the journey of faith, and we broke this up because these visions will help people transition into the kingdom. The church isn't doing it anymore. The church is great, and we are to assemble with people in a church, but the concept of church today has become out of alignment of this, all right? And so now it says kingdom age is increasing. There's a time where the kingdom of God, if you are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God is already in you. And so the governmental order of God is already in you. In fact, most of us want to abide in. How many people have just said, just tell me the instruction and I'll do it, right? Just tell me the instruction, I'll do it. The kingdom of God is in us to bring and manifest the kingdom of heaven in our lives. But he says you're going to have to walk by faith. The just walk by faith. So we have to start getting this relationship alignment with the soul and the spirit so that they become one. That is the marriage. When they become one, then we can start advancing in what God has for us. All right. So there are certain visions that before anybody starts walking this out, they have to know is what is kingdom living? And I have to do something through Jesus Christ. Okay. Because people have a hard time just conceiving that Christ is in them. Christ is growing. He's being formed in you. So this is called the journey of faith vision. This vision helps us to know how do you grow in Christ? God says that we have to what? Be bold with his truth. And when we're bold with his truth, that means we're becoming comfortable in knowing whose we are and who we are. This vision shows how we grow up in Christ. The very first spot is what? The lost man. That is a person whose countenance, it doesn't raise its hands. It doesn't feel joy. It doesn't have peace. In fact, there's an empty void in Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, each and every human spirit seeks eternity. We're all seeking eternity. And guess what? We're all seeking a God because we were already created by God. So we're already in search of wanting to get connected back to the true God that created us. Well, a lost person has the empty void in them. And guess what? All those bubbles around them, all the bubbles of gray, and that is unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. It is surrounding the person, holding them back from somebody getting the truth in them, from somebody saving them. There is always an appointed time for someone saving. And there is a time in which that regenerated spirit gets clicked right into the center of the person. And so well, I love this vision because it shows all the confusion. That's all the stuff holding back what God is trying to get to you to keep you from hearing and seeing the truth. We start with Matthew 18, 11. It says, For the Son of Man came to save from the penalty of eternal death, that which was lost. All right, we always ask, well, where was it lost? Well, it was lost in the garden. When Adam disobeyed God's instruction because Eve was deceived. And so once he disobeyed, boom, we entered into. So the Son of Man, Jesus, came to save us, reconnecting us back to the Father. Man, praise God, because we are supposed to live that life that Adam and Eve, the world that he already created for them. And I believe that we can all achieve that. As we develop and grow up, as we grow in Christ, the Christ in us. John three three says Jesus answered him, I assure you most solemnly I tell you that unless a person is born again anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. Now, you know, I think it is awesome because there's a verse in the word that says you know he preserves us. So there are many of us before we ever accepted Christ in our heart. We've had situations. We probably were even calling to God. But, you know, nobody can get to the Father except through the Son. So, But think about how much God loves each and every one of us so much that he does preserve us up until there's a time. There's a time. And so I love how Jesus let them know, I tell you, unless a person is born again, That means they accept that regeneration. That's the second position. You have accepted Christ in your heart. You have confessed it with your lips. There is a moment that you have received, I call it the first grace, because it says we receive grace, and then we receive another measure of grace upon grace as we walk this out. And the beautiful thing is the first unmerited grace that we receive, the first awareness is when we accept Christ in our heart, and we're like saying he is alive. You know what I mean? I got to tell you, this is funny. You realize it's amazing what we can't hear, what we can't see, what we can't smell, what we can't taste of his experience when we're not connected. So we smile because when somebody gets that connection, you see something lift. You know that they now have experienced a grace that is just supernatural. And I love hearing people's different testimonies when they felt that veil, that lift come off and then they saw something. But you know what? The most important thing is at that moment, a softness of the heart. That stone changes into a little bit of flesh. We find ourselves crying more. We find ourselves being more sensitive to things. We find ourselves receiving the conviction instead of a condemnation and a guilt. And so it's beautiful that he lets us know, unless a person is born again and new from above, he cannot ever see know, acquaint with, and experience the kingdom of God. So that kingdom of God in us has to be regenerated. And then what? Life came in and things started to change for that person, a new grace. That's how we experience it with him. That means the kingdom of God is regenerated. Now, what happens when that regeneration comes in? Change, it's a lot of change. So, but we have to know, we know when somebody's saved or not. You can see it in the souls of their eyes. You know when they, that little regenerated spirit has been connected. But you know the tough part about that position is? That person can know that they've connected, but there's still salvation that has to be walked out. And that's the other layers of grace, the other layers of the cake that get built up. Let's go to Titus 3.5. It says, He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but because of his own pity and mercy by the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So we enter in into a new place. Now it's time to wash away the residue. And when you look on this chart, once you become born again, and your regenerated spirit is this little dot, this little person. Now it's breathing. It has life. It can see. It can experience to grow up, work out your salvation, now the residue has to be washed, okay? Because we're still human. He says that once he regenerates us, now it's time for the what? The cleansing bath. It is time for the residue. So the power of sin has been broken. That means once he reconnected, the power of sin, if he says no, if he just says Jesus' name, he can't connect to it. But it doesn't mean that his residue isn't being drawn to it. And he's got to know that he doesn't have to connect. So now we have to walk out the salvation and we have to start cutting off the things that are not God within us. 1 Corinthians 15, 49. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we. And so let us also bear the image of man of heaven. So I love this. If you are a challenged person, this puts the challenge on. Because it's telling you, okay, I now can see, I can now hear, I can now experience. So now I recognize I'm really born in his image. That's figuring out who you are. First row, you're figuring out who you are or whose you are. There is an image of God that he says he created us out of the dust, but so shall we and so let us also bear this image of the man of heaven. So how do we do that? We've got to get rid of the residue. You look at this chart and you go, okay, where are you on this chart? I think sometimes when people look at things, they just say, well, I'm not so bad, but I'm not so great, so I'm just going to go right to the middle, okay? And there's a place where we feel safe. So we take that safety instead of either going for the challenge or being able to really admit what we don't know. And so the beauty of growing up in salvation, especially in this ministry, is being able to be transparent in what you don't know and just letting some of this residue come out and show itself, but just know you're still loved in it. And so that's the beauty because you know what? When we are a remnant, a ministry that's here to help people get to the fullness of what God has for them, to the whole plan That you have been created to do and everybody has to be prepared this vision helps to show the preparation but he tells us we will bear that image if you want to walk it out think about how many people that stay in that second position born again love god but now they're in torment because the spirit and the soul are battling itself when you commit what he starts he has to do what finish he's either going to finish it here or he's going to finish it in heaven but we actually can finish our race here. We can meet the fullness of what he created us for. I love this. It gives us that challenge. So let us also bear the image. Let us want to bear that image. Let's grow up and figure this out. Where is there a safe place? And see, this is where ministry is about helping people being reconciled back to God, reconciled back to man, then back to the plan, and then reconciled to the promise. Many ministries, they are developing their pastoral element. They're missing out on one of the most important things we have to do is reproduce in the body of Christ. There is a reproduction that has to be done in the body of Christ, and everybody is responsible for reproducing themselves. As they grow up, don't you love it? You get a word, and the revelation just overtakes you, and you just feel so awesome, right? What's the first thing you do the next person you see when you're on a float? You want to what? Tell them that's part of the reproduction already starting, you know, laying those right seeds so people can what? Grow up in him into their maturity and lose the residue. Let's go to the next verse. Second Corinthians 517. I love this. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the moment you accept Christ in your heart, what happens? You just became what? Engrafted. Ephesians, it says you've been what? Adopted right back up to the family of God. You've been engrafted in Christ, the Messiah. He is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. We have only been taught before Christ enters in. And then we start what? Examining ourselves and he starts working with us. We are moralistically and we are spiritually judging everybody's place and position. We are already saying, I'm not going to that church because I don't want to hear what that minister has to say because he does this, 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 and this, or I don't want to hear what he says because he's not spiritual enough for me. We actually enter a point in our growth that our old ways of how we speak, our old ways of how we see, our old ways of how we feel now become new. So the moment we start thinking a thought that's like our old man, we have to like pause on that. Sometimes we have to pause on a thought to submit that thought up to Christ and to ask him the way he has us to walk with him. We have to abide in the word and the word is very important, but we also can hear him and he can let us know and he can show us things before. So the new creature is being created in that relationship with him. It's about developing a relationship. You can't keep going from glory to glory to glory without a relationship with him. You need to be guided. He makes us need each other because he doesn't give it all to me. He doesn't give it all to her. He doesn't give it all to anybody. But he gives us something. He gives us something to learn, something to grow. And so now that previous person starts to pass away. And I love this vision. We pass away one step at a time. It truly is a process of growing in Christ. It doesn't make a difference what segment you are. You can have great faith. As long as you're yielding and hearing, that's how you get from one position to the next position, losing away the old and gaining the new perspective. This is how it works. Whatever he's doing, he is doing something good. Why? Because everything about is advancement. It's about advancement. Everything is anew. Ephesians 2, 1 says, and you, he made alive. When you were dead, slain by your own trespasses and sins. I love when he says, and you he made alive. Boy, you know it when that resuscitation, that, that alive wire just comes on. Then you're on a float like you just don't know what's going on. But he says, when you were dead. How many people here can look back to before they came into this ministry or before they came into Christ? And you just now, I used to think that way. Man, I used to act that way. Wow, I was dead. You were dead by your own trespass. And you know what? The Lord had me look up the definition of trespass. Trespass means to abandon a truth. It didn't say the truth. It says to abandon a truth. So that means we're all born to believe something that's true. We're already taught. That's true. That's true. Girls wear skirts. Boys wear pants, right? We're taught certain things. Boys play with trucks. Girls play with dolls. So we're already taught these kind of truths. Sometimes we get into that moralistic and those thinking and judging of how things are based on the truth. That means we were lost. We were dead by our own trespasses. Sometimes we abandon our own truth until we learn his truth, the real truth. We connect with that truth, and then he starts teaching us. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. He is our helper, counselor. He has come to help us learn the truth and keep us on that path so we don't transgress. Praise God that in the fullness of time, they decided to write the book. In Revelations, it says there are two books. So it was already written in the word that there would be this book. So we would have a book of the word in a time the word would be scarce. And it was. that The world was becoming a very, it's becoming scarce We were starting to work on what the world truth was and not what his truth. And so the more this word grows and becomes the residue of the trespass, our trespass, our sin, what we didn't know, is now falling away. 2 Corinthians 5.5, it says, Now he who has fashioned us, preparing and making us fit, for this very thing is God." We're already naturally born to come under authority of something. The first authority we learn is our parents. But when we connect and know that we are adopted back and engrafted back in Christ, he says, for this very thing is God. This is God who also has given us the Holy Spirit, which is what? Guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. That took a long time to register that when Christ died, And came back and gave the gift of the Holy Spirit that we actually had a guarantee of our finish. So that doesn't mean we grow up and latch on to a belief. And then if the Holy Spirit's not in it, well, that experience in your life is not what? Guaranteed. In Hebrews, it says he is shaking you like a tree. Okay. And when he starts the shaking, the things that are not of God, the loose leaves do what? Fall off. Anything that is of God is everlasting and will stay with you. He has already fashioned this process to be this way. And the Spirit has a guarantee of the fulfillment of this process. So everybody, everybody in here saved, everybody in here has the Holy Spirit, right? So that means everybody has a guarantee to fulfill what God has called them to do. God created everybody at a certain time to want to desire the truth. So God really has come in a time, every measure of fulfillment that comes, every generation needs something to help them. Well, we live in a very visual, tactile, responsive environment. People want quick immediate, quick understanding. Well, now that I'm reading these verses and you see this chart, don't you feel the quick understanding? You start connecting to the truth because we're already all born to receive the truth. He tells us who also has given us the Holy Spirit, there's a guaranteed promise of fulfillment. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the next verse, 2 Corinthians four sixteen. It says, Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. Okay? We fear what we don't know. It is amazing. You can read all through this word. And anytime somebody's in a battle, in a trial or whatever, and you know it's God moving, the words, do not fear, are always aligned and in alignment with that. So he tells us we get spiritless, we get exhausted, and we get wearied through fear, fear of what we don't know. Because why? The just live by faith. But he tells us, do not become discouraged. Why? Because we have to grow up in this process. We have to learn how to, we feel like we failed sometimes. And we think that once we got saved, we're supposed to be what? Awesome, right? We're supposed to have all the answers. And it's not, it's a process in developing this. It says through our outer man, again, this backing up, we're going from the old to the new. Our outer man is progressively decaying. And I love this, wasting away. Yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. Our inner self is being renewed. You know what? The only thing that's guaranteed is the inner self, not the outer self. The inner self, as it grows within the measure going from glory to glory, you will see the benefits of the body, the soul, spirit. You're going to experience a fullness. And if we keep confessing, believing, and moving, that residue of the lie is going to start moving out. It actually wastes away What does waste away mean? That means it can't even hold itself in that position anymore. Think a storm comes in, right? And what's it do? It clears things away, right? Because whatever is of God will hold. Whatever is not, God will what? It will waste away. Do you know how many times we don't want the darkness? We don't want to hold on to the residue. We need to have the storm. We need to have the trial. We need to have the conflict to waste away What we already know we don't want, but we fear what we don't know. I mean, we get so used to a comfortable way of understanding. We fear. We've got to break this mind out to receive the word of God so that the inner man can do what? Strengthen itself. What he builds and what he puts in place, no man can take it away because what's it's in place, it's in place. That's why he says, I will test you. I will test you. And once he puts it in place, there is no sorrow. When we grow in Christ and the spirit has become permanent, like whatever measure we're at, you're not losing that light that's in you. It it challenges us. It says, it asks us, you know how Jesus said, are you clean from the inside? You know, there are people who clean themselves up on the outside and they dress themselves up and they look all beautiful and wonderful. But where are their hearts of the inside? Well, Jeremiah questioned his people and he said, If you are clean on the outside and you have washed your hands and you have done this and you go ahead and you touch food and you touch all these things and you touch people, will they become cleansed? However, you portray yourself as holy on the outside. When you touch somebody, can you make them holy? And the answer was no. The answer was no, you can't. But it says, but if you are dirty on the outside, you know, but your inside heart is right, because there's a growing going on. If you go with somebody who's unclean, can you pick up their uncleanness? Yes. So it asked what was infectious and what was not, okay? It says, was holiness infectious? And holiness is not infectious, because it's a progressively inside work. So the only way that holiness is going to come upon me is by what? The inside work, not from the outside exposure. We are an inside work for an outside manifestation, okay? So our outside doesn't change until our inside changes. It says, if one carries in the skirt of his garment flesh that is holy, because it has been offered in sacrifice to God. That means you're speaking God, right? And with his skirt or flaps of his garment, he touches bread or pottage or wine, or oil, or any kind of food, does what he touches become holy? It says, dedicated to God's service exclusively. And the priest answered what? No. It says, holiness is not infectious. You can't pick it up because you're hanging around a crowd. Holiness has to be developed in a relationship with Christ. In this vision, every time Christ grows from one measure to the next measure, that means you communed with, who did you hang out with? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is where holiness starts, from the inside out. The outward man is decaying. The inward man in Christ is growing. So holiness cannot be infectious because you hang out with somebody. That's why we talk about what? Sanctification. Sanctification is a time for you to develop that relationship so that you are growing from the inside out. And then you become holy. We grow in our godliness, our holiness. All right. It says, and the priest answered, no, holiness is not infectious. Then said Haggai, if one who is ceremonially unclean because he has come in contact with a dead body should touch any of these articles of food, shall it be ceremonially unclean? And the priest answered, it shall be unclean. Unholiness is infectious. Whatever measure you are on this little chart, let's say you are in the born again position. Well, sometimes people don't move from the born again position to the next one because they're not seeking God. They're not connecting with a relationship with them. Their spirit has been regenerated, connected back to God, but that doesn't mean they're in a relationship with the son. So now think about this. If I'm in this first position, that means the spirit is here, although very strong. There's a lot of faith in that spirit, but you have all this residue. If you start hanging around with other people of the same residue, you're going to start becoming them, acting like them, being like them. Because I will tell you, how many times have you met a person and they said a word a certain way and then you start picking it up? Little sayings, infectious, unholiness, certain environments of the world. We start picking it up and we don't even know why. That's why we have to build the Christ in us in the inner man. So we can become strong in standing in the world because our flesh is weak, but our spirit is strong. And so we have to build that spirit and recognize, hey, if I'm just starting out getting out of the gate on this, I need to be spending some serious sanctification time with God to get myself strong and built up. So why? When God's going to put me in a very dark place, relax. Allow yourself to have this great relationship with Christ so that he can grow um, such a measure in you that he can actually put you in that place where you will not connect with it. He said, so this is the people and so is the nation before me, says the Lord, and so is every work of their hand. And what they offer there on the altar is unclean because they who offer it are themselves unclean. There are people out there who speak church, our church, come into this element of just, yeah, this is easy. When we are growing and the inside is growing and the outside is decaying, our soul is being challenged because it has to produce the kingdom of God. Our soul who tells us what to say has to produce the kingdom of God. Okay, so when we're in sanctification, nobody's trying to punish anybody. But when we tell you to isolate yourself, which we recommend in this ministry, when people are growing in their relationship, you need to step back, and get your relationship, your order at home with him before you can go out and do anything else, anything else, because you don't know what you're going to pick up or where you're going to go or what you're going to do. And, you know, God is not waiting for us to be so perfect before we go out, but he knows the measure and the amount of growth that we need to do what we're assigned to do, and then he puts us through the doorway of change, developing us to do it. The enemy wants to work so hard through people to get you off course. That's his job, is to get you off the course. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, with trust and holy forever. Thus, we walk not by sight or appearance. I love this. We walk by faith. This is called the journey of faith. We have to walk by faith every time we're growing from one position of glory to the next position of glory. We fear what we don't know. We fear what we've never felt before. So he is truly growing us up and he tells us how do we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by conviction now not guilty feelings. Because guess what? To get from one position to the next, you're going to fail some tests. You're going to slip. You're going to fall up. You're going to say things. Once we identify it, the enemy sits prowling on the edge, waiting for you to say something. I tell this to everybody as I was growing, as, as I'm developing in this, and I realized my words have power. So sometimes as we're growing up in this, part of removing the residue knowing that the spirit is strong, but the flesh is weak, is watching our words in this whole production because he says that he wants us to walk by faith. So that means we we can't always say what we think we see because are we basing what we're saying out of our old man? Or are we basing what we're saying out of our new man? Okay. We can all go back in time and think of a moment for a word that we spoke and then we actually created it to happen. And we think, Then, you know know what the enemy tells us? Well, that's the way it was supposed to happen. I do recognize this. My words are either going to connect to a lie or a truth. My heart hopes that if I speak what God has shown me, it's going to connect with the truth. And then the old man dies and the new man comes out. You know, it's a process. None of us go through it perfectly. That's where the Lord, as we grow up the Christ in us, he's trying to protect us in that time of sanctification. He doesn't want to put us in any position that he knows that we cannot handle. Because we are all called to work out our salvation and not judge one another in it We, but we get to make choices we get to either choose him or we get to go choose something else so you're being led by your spirit you don't have to have people tell you what to do Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. That's what we learn in sanctification, how to hear his voice, how to know how to move. All right, 1 Peter 1.9. The Lord even says in his word and remind us that we can receive. It says at the same time you receive the result, the outcome, the consummation of your faith. So that means another way said is receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. If you look on this chart, Every time we go from one position into the next position, do you notice that the light starts to possess the head, starts to possess the mind? So if you look on the first row, there's nothing in the head. In fact, the head is very what? Dark, because it's still conceiving that there is a power within them that can guide them and show them. But if you notice on the second row, when we're learning who we are, the little light starts possessing in the head. Does everybody see that? How the light starts possessing? And then when you're on the bottom row, the bottom row is a person who knows whose they are and who they are. And they're now walking out this salvation, but they have more of Christ in their soul. Part of coming and receiving the end of our salvation, we receive it in measure. We are going to receive a measure of him that can never be taken away. He says, you receive the result which is the outside, the consummation of your faith every step along the way. Every step you receive another measure of him, which is the salvation of your mind. If somebody's saying to you, I'm not sure if God loves me, they haven't gotten off the first row. If you're still not sure that God loves you, you're still in this first position. But when somebody recognizes God does love me, now I got to learn who I am in him. And then you recognize the power. The second row you start, this is the row of the teenager, and what does a teenager do when it's told what to do? It rebels because the authority hasn't truly possessed the person's soul. But the word tells us that you are going to receive the result. If you allow your darkness to be peeled off and deal with it in him, he is going to give you an outcome, which is another measure of your soul and what is that we're already in right standing right righteousness peace and joy in every position we receive another level of understanding we receive another level of peace we receive another level of joy it starts to indwell in us Romans 8 19 says all of creation is looking for this truth I know this because I was in the church all my life I haven't learned this in the denominational church It says, for even the whole creation, all of nature waits expectantly, longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing and the disclosing of their sonship. You know what? You know when you're a son of God is when you're being led by the spirit of God and you want to do the instruction you're receiving. We want to obey the word because why? To obey the word would bring grace. That other level, it says in John 14, we are given a grace, but then there's a grace upon grace. We want to meet these people because when I met a son of God, when I met them, I knew that this was either something that was really far out or this was something that was real. How did I know it was real? Something on my inside kept what? Drawing me. Only the Holy Spirit can draw you to him. I didn't get that until now, but I was being drawn. Even the whole creation. That means I was created by God. We already talked about it. Dust become the image of Christ, right? My body, my creation was waiting to know the truth. And then boy, once you experience the truth, you press in with the truth, then Jesus Christ can work through you as a vessel of truth. We are meeting, we await longly to meet the sons and daughters of God. And that's what we are. Joel 2.2, it says a day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and of thick mist and darkness, like the morning dawn spread upon the mountains. So there comes a heathen, a hostile people, numerous and mighty, the like of which has never been seen and shall not be again, even in the years of many generations. Something is being changed. Next verse. A fire devours before them and behind them a flame burns. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yes, and none has escaped the ravishes of the devouring hordes. So it says, when you put your hands to the plow and you start going through the darkness, the residue that's left, and you start pressing through and you don't look back and you allow your soul to be the renewed land. The soul is the New Testament garden. This is the battlefield. But when you allow yourself to hold on to that word, hold on to that plow, let yourself to go through that darkness, that change. He says that he is going to put a fire that devours before them and behind them a flame that burns. I like that. You know what that means? That means we grow up so much as the glorious sons of God that when I meet somebody, I can touch them and they're going to feel the what? Fire. And what's that going to do? Burn what is not of God. It's all through the word. It is going to burn. Think about it. When I started coming here and I started drawing close, I was feeling things. (laughs) You know, there was some fire. There was some nervousness. There was fear. Something was about to happen because in my life was darkness. It was gloom. It was covered. I couldn't see through it. So when a glorious son of light comes your way, and it's not always by what you necessarily feel. But you are going to feel something in the first stages that you cannot understand and you don't know why. And then you know, you know, you have met a glorious son of God. And he says, those of you who allow your New Testament garden to be matured, garden of Eden before them. The first definition of them is man and woman. That means all of them. That means women and men of God. And behind them is what? The wilderness. That means you don't go back. To the wilderness you're coming what out of it and none has escaped the devouring hordes isn't that awesome that means it's a guarantee that once the holy spirit connects with you and you start meeting people that have experienced the change and are going through this process man we want to encourage the people to keep going through this so that they can be doing what god has called them to do joshua 1 8 the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Because ultimately, nobody was born in here not to make it. Our soul has to be renewed to get it and know that his word says he shall make your way prosperous and that you shall deal wisely and have good success. So that means there isn't anybody, when you talk to him about this chart, that can't go through this and not feel success. They are going to prosper. He is not trying to take anything away from you. He's trying to get things to you. He's trying to get you into where you need to be. I love the word of God because this is the book of the law. I mean, we have to meditate on this, and we have to worship him and really establish. It says in the word in Isaiah that we have to establish ourselves first. We can't establish anybody else until we establish ourselves First, God will always bring you in a place where you're drawn and to give you support. But you know you're in a good place of support because they're not telling you what to do. They're telling you to go where? To the Lord. And everything that you're developing is to develop in Him so that you can mature in the body, so you can be used for His purpose. We have to start exercising what the Spirit teaches us. So as you meditate on these verses, allow God to use you through that vision and watch how somebody just gets it The vision just helps just help somebody understand to understand is to be understood So we all have an obligation when we meet somebody if they want to understand what we're saying Then we have to present something and we have to really understand where they're at and you know The love of christ when you can meet somebody connect with them Even though you may have nothing in common, but guess what you do have something in common and that's ultimately God has already bestowed it for all of us to be saved He says, I don't want anyone to perish. So as you learn these visions, everybody in here is going to develop another measure of confidence. So um, praise God. Let's just pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we honor you and we just exalt your name. Thank God that he sent you, his son, to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a true guarantee of our salvation. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity and the chance. We thank you for the desire, and we thank you for the openness of your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division between our soul and our spirit, and our joints and our marrow, and is truly the discerner of our heart. So, Lord, raise us up to let our hearts be open and to learn more about the word. Let us know and remember that we are ingrafted into a better plan, into a new covenant, into a great family, a family of honor. Lord, we thank you for the inheritance that you will bestow on us as we grow. Lord, we thank you for the blessings. We thank you for calling us into a kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven. So we praise your name and we honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.